Hello, viewers. If you're joining for the first time, this is the Politically Tolerant. My name is Zachary Groper. And I'm Cooper Brown. Oh, hey, Cooper. It's a good day to be American, isn't it? Every day is a great day to be an American. Greatest country in the world. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, at least we're not in communist China. I mean, that or communist California, right? Yeah. It's about time we just get rid of California. It's dead weight at this point. Just get rid of the thing. <laughs> it's true. I completely agree with you. Uh, all those soybean farmers, they wouldn't last a minute. A guy over AR-15 came in there, right, Cooper? No. They'd all throw their hands up and surrender. Then we can install our, our own uh, new government body and just totally fix up California. and be super easy. I'm surprised you didn't come on my hat, Cooper. I did notice your silly hat, yes. Yeah, if you don't know, it's University of Southern California, but I like to refer to it as University of Socialist California. But <laughs> I'm a California football fan, that's why I like SC. <laughs> awful, awful school. But Oh, goodness gracious. Anything that comes out of California is, is just huge dumpster fire. You know, I don't know if uh, I agree with that. How about Ronald Reagan, Cooper? Yeah, back when he was a Democrat. Yeah, that's true. When Ronald Reagan was a Democrat, he did did live in California. <laughs> he was born there, right? Pretty sure. Probably. Yeah, I don't know about I don't know too much about his early life uh-huh. or when he was a reality TV star. I really uh-huh. just care about the cool stuff he did when he was president and stuff like that. That's the stuff you really need to focus on. <laughs> It was sick, though, dude. I went to the library at a presidential library in uh, Ronald Reagan in like Simi Valley, which is California, and I mm-hmm. saw the Air Force One, like the old Air Force One, he used to fly around in. I've been meaning to go there. Anytime I'm in, I'm in California. I see, I've seen um, the Ronald Reagan Museum. I just keep meaning to go there. Haven't found the time. Too busy living life in freedom to exactly waste yeah. my time in California. You, you, you gotta hide from those people with uh. Antifa mask, am I right? <laughs> Antifa's uh, everywhere. They're everywhere. They're all over in the shadows. So that brings us to what we're talking about today, right, Cooper? Antifa. Indeed. Antifa, spoiled, bratty, rich kids, whatever you want to call them, starting up a whole ruckus again because someone hurt their feelings, I guess. Someone stepped on their shoes. I don't know why. But anytime they're ever upset, they go ahead and burn cop cars and attack police officers and throw big bricks through windows and whatever crazy tantrums that children have. I mean, it's insane. I mean, certain buildings or anything they can get a hand on. I mean, we're, I'm pretty sure weren't they complicit in um, statues? Did they burn out, try to get rid of some of the statues? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're always tearing down statues. That's still going on. Any, um, anything that represents America, I think they want to destroy in a sense. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's, for those that aren't aware, uh, riots, if you want to call them lightly, you can call them riots, uh, been erupting all over the United States once again. It's that time of the year. As soon as it starts warming up, you know, then people start going out and rioting because they got nothing else better to do, I guess. Um, so in Atlanta, it's things have gotten pretty serious now. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen any of the, uh, the live footage on the ground, but it's just in flames. People just smashing buildings and windows, cop cars on fire. It's 
Dude, it's just getting. Like, yeah, go ahead. It's just getting progressively more chaotic and violent. It seems to me as it's as we've allowed Antifa basically to run through the streets of any major city. Yeah, it looks like the onset of Benghazi or something. Something from like the Arab Spring. I mean, that's what, <laughs> that's what that's what that's what it looks like in Atlanta or in recent days. I mean, that that's what I think we should talk about is the idea of what is Antifa's true attention, right? And what they actually have, you know, the, how it was misconstrued in mainstream media to you know what presented as Antifa as this you know just ideological organization, not as an extremist organization. And what's your what's your viewpoints on that, Cooper? Uh, I mean, they're just, these are kids that are LARPing. They're LARPing the revolution, basically, right? They, they go around and they, they hold flags and they think, they all think that they're fighting fascism. They're fighting Nazis when that's not even close to apparent in the United States. Oh, absolutely. So they just, they always say like, punch a Nazi and like, uh, and just like they're the main anti-fascist is a ridiculous term because in the name of fighting fascism, they are acting as fascist as any other group yeah. of people have ever acted before. We use the same tactics like we're anti-racist, we're anti-bigots, we're anti-fascists, right? I mean, it's just a mm-hmm. term they use to excuse them making these actions, right? Like we're for the people, right? I mean, that's what they say. Yeah. I don't think they truly are that. Um, I mean, you know, going off what we're talking about, these people aren't from poor places. I mean, we, you were talking about earlier about, you know, there's a congresswoman's kid. Was it a daughter or son who was? Yeah. Right. I mean, it depends who you ask. Is it a daughter or is it oh, a yeah. son? <laughs> they or an it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, along with going on in, in Atlanta, which those protests erupted because they wanted to fund the police or something like that. They want to build a facility to allow police training and something like that. So Antifa goes and they ride because of that. There was another series of riots that happened, I think over the weekend um, in Boston and those riots uh, protests originally started turning into riots started because an individual was shot by the police officers um, and they always say, oh, he was unjustly shot, right? Turns out this guy was actually trying to attack police officers with a short sword. I don't know if you ever tried to attack someone with a short sword before, Zach, but it can be, it's, it's pretty clear that you're trying to commit an act of violence here. <laughs> and so the police officers shot him with non-lethal rounds that didn't work for obvious reasons, because non-lethal rounds are stupid. So then they had to shoot him with live rounds. He died. Then this was, I believe, in December of 2022. And now they're just getting around to the the protests. Um, And so an individual named um, uh, Jared Dowell, I believe, is is his name. He is the son of, of a... Uh, Catherine Clark, who is a member of the House of Representatives for Massachusetts, um, he was arrested because he assaulted a police officer while the police officer was trying to arrest an individual. Um, and so 
he turns out to be a transgender person uh, going by the name of Riley now, but you know, yeah, we all know what a transgender person means. That just means you're an ugly, you're an ugly, whatever you are yeah. for a transgender woman. That just means you're an ugly man. If you're a transgender man, that just means you're an ugly woman. So have you ever heard of like a very attractive woman changing her sexual identity to like, like you don't I see like, have, Bobby changing it is, the, it is the saddest thing ever if you ever see that happen where it's just like you look at someone's like you have so much potential and then you just make yourself look like the ugliest thing ever yeah. it does happen yes um but Catherine clark is a name that some people might remember because she was the same politician that said several years ago that um her children were waking up with nightmares about climate change um, saying that this, that her middle child is Jared Dowell being one of the children that would wake up in nightmares because of climate change. Yeah. I don't yeah. know about you, but I don't, climate change does not keep me up at night. The fact that the, the earth is going to warm by three degrees in the next hundred years. I mean, I'm sleeping like a baby. I know it just, it just makes sense. Like to instill the fear in your kid. I mean, no wonder why it or they or whatever it is. You know, to expose espouses kind of ideologue. So, I mean, just you know, it's interesting because it's not only that, but you know, there's other like five other people who were arrested in Atlanta, and one of them was like the kid of a main millionaire billionaire, and the other ones were middle to upper middle class, you know, well, actually upper middle class to wealthy parents. So it's kind of kind of interesting this parallel. Like these people aren't poor people that came from the rough backgrounds, going you know defend for or against political institutions. These are people with wealthy backgrounds. And I thought that was important. And, you know, Cooper, we were talking about this earlier. I kind of wanted to draw something, kind of a parallel between, you know, Antifa and its leftist ideologue with what took place in China before the revolution. And, you know, I want to talk about something in particular about, like, how before this land reformation, which was kind of to uh, go against the landlords who had power in China before Mao Zedong came, he wanted to eradicate all that. So what he did, he radicalized the youths who were actually the kids of landowners. He radicalized these youths, kind of similar to how these, you know, protesters were radicalizing, you know, their educations in universities, you know, talking about Antifa. I mean, all of these were educated to think in this kind of way, right? So they espouse these ideologies. Kind of similar to what happened in China, like they, they espouse Marxist rhetoric. And what they did, they went to these places, these uh, suburbs in China, and they taught peasantries to hate the landlords, even though there wasn't hatred before. So you kind of see, which is interesting, you know, parents going against children. That's what I'm thinking. Do you think these parents kind of of Antifa think, I mean, besides this crazy congresswoman we're talking about, right? Most of them probably don't think like that, right? It's kind of, they're just rebellious kids who have this kind of privilege, but, you know, they want to go against their parents somehow, right? I mean, you know, it's kind of like they want to be against authority, but in a negative connotation. I don't, I don't think it's against the parents so much because I think that parents in some ways kind of edge this behavior on a little bit because they're the ones saying that the only reason why you think America is a racist country is because you learned it from somewhere. Obviously, you're learning it from in school anywhere, but I guarantee you it's being reinforced in the house. This Jared Dowell saying that um, that climate change gives them nightmares, guarantee you that came from her uh, his parents because they were talking about climate change and it got into the kid's mind. This was several number of years ago. Um, 
So people don't just have nightmares for no reason. They have it because you saw a movie or you got a scary story or like your mad, like your imagination's kind of running wild. That's why you have nightmares. It's, it just doesn't pop into something like as arbitrary as climate change to someone that's young. Um, but to your point being that these, these, these kids come from wealthy backgrounds, right? And I think they just need to, they want to prove themselves into society. So they think that they want to, they want to fight the man. They want to prove themselves. And, um, and that's why they get into this kind of these ideological movements. Um, even though it's just all pretend basically, like there's no revolution happening. So they want to make up their own revolution. Um, See, just to justify their, their terrible actions. But these are the most privileged people on the earth. I mean, like the children of the most wealthy, powerful people of the United States. I don't think it gets any more privileged than them. Oh, absolutely. And that's the problem. I think these kids are impressionable. Like, you know, I was talking about the China thing. You know, if something would happen, I mean, it's kind of similar, you know, the ties with Antifa and, you know, attacking you know, Trump supporters, right? And rallies and stuff, you know, but, you know, hitting them with groups. It's kind of similar because, you know, in China, they, you know, with the peasants, they've killed all these landlords individually. So, I mean, you see, like, you see all these videos of Antifa people, Antifa, Antifa people attacking individual Trump supporters because they have no one right next to them, right? I mean, you see these videos, mm-hmm. perfect videos of this. And it's you kind of see this radicalization of the youth. And that's the problem. At least there's no central authority in the United States to, you know, perpetuate, you know, more and more violence or some kind of uh, massacre of people. But, I mean, it is very scary to see it. And you see the government not talking about it. I mean, you, you talked about Joe Biden not talking about it. But the, the former chief of the FBI who was supposed to protect the Americans, he said it was just an ideologue. They're not extremist group. I mean, that's what we're talking about, right? Part of the country being so, I mean, part of the government being so radicalized, they don't see what Antifa really is. They're not, you know, only against Republicans. They're against Democrats and Republicans and the entire institution itself. So until they wake up and realize that, you know, it's, it's going to be a huge problem what Antifa can do. You know, in America. Yeah, they're, they're just they're just about burning the whole system down, basically. You talk to any of these people and they say that they say the most ridiculous things that they're they are um, like, like uh, what, what is it? What is it called? Like um, when you're a communist, you're an anarcho communist. Like weird things that they just, I don't know where they come up with these dumb explanations for their ideas, but those are like the two complete opposite things ever. (laughs) Um, But you don't see anything that's even close to an equivalent on the right. Like we don't have our own version of the Gestapo's or the brown shirts that literally go in to college campuses and fight people based on like, a talk that they're going to give. We don't have, there's not a group of right-wing people as long, the media likes to say that this is the case, but it's not true that we have a group of people that go around with bike locks, smashing them over people's heads or with cans of cement and they throw them at police officers and stuff like that. There's no equivalence to the right, not even close. And it's kind of ridiculous when uh, people always talk about like, you know, it's just an ideology there's no, it's not a, it's like, it's not a real thing um, when you can actually contribute a lot of people's loss of life to Antifa directly. So there's, there's actual blood on Antifa's hands. 
Absolutely. No, I completely agree with you. I mean, this is something I kind of want to mention. Um, uh, but actually, forgot about, but I think it's important to draw into context. Um, I actually met like a person. She, he wasn't Antifa, but I'm not going to draw any names actually, because you know, obviously, I want to ruin someone's identity. But I'm just going to mention this as an example, right? He, I was talking to him. You know, he was very, very socialist, very left leaning, right? But the thing was, we we were talking about it was like he talked about his hatred of billionaires and the top one percent, right? But he okay. says, "Oh, what do you want to do with it?" I mean, you know, he talked about breaking monopolies, which you know, in some context, there is a constitution. I mean, it's not there's no constitutional aspect of it, but you know, you can have a conversation like that. But he was like, "Okay, we were talking about billionaires." He's like, "Oh, I hate billionaires. You know, what I would do with them? I would imprison them, and you know, kill them." Like, I mean, this is this is this is came out of his this is came out of his head. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like these people are actually radicalized to think in this way, and a lot of it has to do with the education. We went to a university. I mean, there's some kind of perpetuation of that in our schools mm-hmm. that, you know, we're not really talking much about in mainstream media. But, I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He called for it and, you know, the Bezos' head. I'm like, well, isn't that unfair? Like, well, what constitutes that, you know? I'm a millionaire, billionaire, how about if they were successful, you know, not money? Like, he didn't care. He just says, you know, the people in the revolution, they'll take over yeah. and institute a judicial system to get rid of these people, Right. They will do it. There's no checks and balances or anything. I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. You know, that's the, the ironic thing is that these all these people that push. If you ever see this in history, people that push revolutions and they they finally like overthrow the power and then they install new power. The first thing that that person does is get rid of all the people that started the revolution. <laughs> so, so those Antifa guys, you're the first to go. So you're not helping your cause at all. That's true. You're not the one who's going to be in power. Actually, I didn't even think of that. Like, yeah, they're going to run for it, and there's going to be people probably going to try to kill the Antifa people because they'll think they're uh, trying to get their power, right? Exactly. That's why you get rid of the people that started the revolution in the first place because you use it as a vehicle to gain power, and if you're successful, then you have to eliminate all the people that got you there in the first place because they're the ones that are going to uprise against you because you're immediately going to start abusing your power. Absolutely. Maybe it's, you know, important to draw into connection. Um, you know, other organizations like Black Lives Matter, we talked about yesterday, about how they get their funding in the same context as you said. Does Antifa get any funding kind of like Black Lives Matter or is it more? I mean, in a way they do. In a way they get not, I don't, I don't know how much like direct funding they get. They'll definitely have some budget for them to be like bust. You hear stories of them being bust in and out of cities and stuff like that transporting them to major cities and stuff and, and kind of um, adding more bodies to the fire, basically, so you can cause as much damage as possible. Someone is obviously paying to bail these people out. Um, individuals from the Democratic Party, mostly, which kind of funnels all the way back to George Soros money. Um, if you want to follow that line, that is, that is definitely a connection that's made, where there's a reason why someone who, the individuals that burned a police precinct, and I think in in Oregon, um, there's a reason why they're out basically the same day. Someone pays for them to get out of to, to get out on bail, and it ain't them. Um, they get legitimate funding from from organizations from members of the Democratic Party. Um, but there is something that I do want to bring up a little bit, and I kind of mentioned it a tiny bit before: is individuals that um, have that Antifa has directly or indirectly killed because this is a narrative that people bring up all the time is that 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 antifa is 
it's a, just an ideology. It's not a movement and there's no blood on their hands, which is a total lie. There's several individuals um, like Sean, Daniel uh, Killingborough, I believe his name is. Um, he was an individual that was killed during the, the cider riots. Um, there's a, a Connor Bretz who was a, a serious Antifa figure who always talked about um, killing Nazis and, and and killing fascists and stuff like that, who was um, uh, with the, uh, the Socialist Rifle Association, I believe it's called. Um, he was a mass shooter that killed 10 people, including himself and his sister, right? Um, there's Nathan Hose, who uh, was an individual that committed acts of violence and crimes um, under basically Antifa's behalf. And he racked up a bunch of felony charges and couldn't handle the pressure and killed himself in prison. Like there are individuals that Antifa has like a hand in killing and like their blood is on their hands. And all of this stuff is always swept under the rug and it's never brought up in any media because it doesn't fit their narrative. So we don't, we don't mention any of that. It's true. I mean, it's it's very scary. You know what you're talking about. It's like these people. You know, they're perpetuating these murders, and they're thinking they're doing a good thing. I think that's a scary thing. You know, murders like you could tell it's a bad thing or not. They're thinking they're murdering these people. You know, in cold blood because it's a good thing to do, right? Because they think they're bringing progress or whatever they think. You know, a new a new way of living for progressives. So that's what's scary about that. They don't actually think, oh well, I'm actually murdering a person his or her beliefs, they're thinking, well, you know, they're getting away of what I want in society, right? Whatever that is, anti-racist society, but... Yeah, if they if they were right, then they might have an argument to some extent, right? If there's literally, if the country was literally overrun with Nazis, then yeah, you want to fight that system because Nazis are bad, right? Like, the, the fact that you say, like, punch a Nazi, yeah, I don't mind punching a Nazi, but the thing is, there aren't any Nazis. Well, not only that, these ki- these people are not armed, right? And you're killing them, right? I mean, in the context you're telling me, right? These people are not armed. I mean, even if Nazis were armed, you're not going to kill them generally, right? They I, wanted- mean, I mean, unless you want to go to jail. I mean, I'm not going to jail for someone's I- political ideology. Yeah. People are allowed to have the right to have bad opinions. That is a fact. But if there are literally – if half the country was literally Nazis – then I would be a part of some group that would be like, we should look at this. These people should not be in power, right? And right. so, but the thing is, that's not happening. That's not true. That's not the case. Yeah. So I don't, it's just them playing pretend and and getting away with billions of dollars worth of, of damages, um, you know, but, yeah, the loss of life, killing people—you know—encouraging them to do horrific acts of violence. Well, that's what I'm saying. Okay, you see people in the le- uh, left uh, talking about how it's a huge spread white supremacists. When you ever see that an incident on the news about white, white supremacy, it's completely zero, zero percent, really. I mean, it's so rare. Charlottesville, but no one died in Charlottesville. First of all, so there's it's, um, it's, was that Heather Heyer, I think died in Charlottesville, which I would actually argue, I would argue that that was an Antifa incident. Okay. The only reason why she was there was, was as, was 
as a member basically of, of that leftist organization. That girl had no business being there. The only reason why any of those other people were there is to, to get into a fight with the, the white supremacists that were there. Yeah. All like 50 of them that exist in the United States. They're not a big particular threat. They're not threats. They're not, you know, going in the streets and doing this. This is Antifa. And I mean, that's what I'm saying. You see this excuse in the media. They're saying, oh, it's just not ideology. They're not actually creating harm. I mean, you see them trying to tear down institutions, having, you know, attacking Trump supporters in the streets with bats or whatever they're doing in, in mob groups. I mean, this is mm-hmm. like what you said, the brown shirts, but they're like the fascists. Mm-hmm. You know, they are the fascists. Right? They are the fascists, but they're hiding in the sheep clothing of anti, right? They're, the the only reason why that sheep clothing works is all is because the media continuously bails them out and backs them up. Like That's in true. any other instance, they like you would. Everyone in the world would clearly understand like how uh, violent this group is. And the and- only time there's there's ever a few examples where it's ever like. Oh, this was a white supremacist. Um, the media jumps on that narrative super, super fast, and then slowly, like information kind of comes out, and then they realize, ah, oh, that wasn't a good example, and then that story gets dropped. Like there's that one, there's that one story I believe um, that uh, that individual that shot up a grocery store, I believe. Uh, I want to say it was this one, but he had a um, a manifesto, right? And his manifesto was very. Um, I think it talked about it had like it mentioned Ben Shapiro and it mentioned um, some other kind of like right wing people, individuals. And then the media jumped on this and was saying like, ha ha, like this is an example of white supremacy and stuff like that. And that was the narrative for like a week. And then it came out in that same manifesto that he was actually a socialist and that he believed in um uh, like very Jewish based um, conspiracy theories. Um, it was just like, it no longer fit the narrative. And now we know we never talk about that story ever again. Right. I mean, like, okay. Also recently, well, I, I want to talk about that one thing right now. Another thing, but there's one thing I really want to talk about you in particular. I mean, this was completely hidden by the news, right? This black nationalist, I, what are they called? Cooper, you know, they're called, I forgot what they're called. Like these radical black movements in the United States. Black Hebrew Israelites? <laughs> it might have been that, but it was a radical, <laughs> it was a radical, like, you know, black organization. And what they did, it was in Louisville mayor, you know, Louisville mayor, they tried to assassinate him, right, when he was running for office. He was a Jew, but he was a Democrat. So, like, and, and you see that's hidden from the media. Why? Because it, it does not fit the narrative. And this is what I want to talk about. It does not fit the narrative of, of CNN or MSNBC. Why? Because, you know, it's not what they want to talk about. They want to talk about when gets them viewers, what gets them money and, and tries to attack people on the right or, you know, mm-hmm. tries to bring this kind of racial uh, division between people. And, you know, even though they're wrong, they're attacking a Democrat, it doesn't fit the narrative what minority is getting oppressed in that situation, right? right. That makes- it's, it's the, it's the, there's the hierarchy of victimhood, right? Where, uh, if you are black, then you're better than whites. You're more of a victim than whites. If you're a woman, then you're a more victim than men. If you're a black woman, you're more of a victim than a black man. If you are a, a transgender black, mentally ill, <laughs> yeah. like hermaphrodite, you are more victim than, than everyone else, right? 
if you are a Muslim amputee, then you have you have more privilege than than as a victim than anywhere else. And so they play this game where whoever the vic- whoever the greatest victim is, basically, then that fits their narrative more. But the truth is, like you can search high and low for all the racism and all the white supremacy you want in the United States. It's so rare. You're, it's it's so hard to find because we have there's there's hundreds, probably hundreds of thousands of people, right? Of all news organizations, of all media outlets, whose job is to search for these kind of stories. Right. We never hear from them ever. If you want those stories, they do exist. Go across the pond to the Middle East. You'll find plenty of examples of people hating women, oppressing women, oppressing gays. Like your villains are there. They're right there, but they refuse to acknowledge them because it doesn't fit the narrative. And that, that's what it is. There are what people should realize. Don't ever trust news media. They're a profit-driven organization. What they're doing, they're showing these stories because it gives them more viewership, perpetuating this kind of, you know, animosity. And, you know, these stories is like, oh, yeah, it's more interesting than talking about some uh, legislation bill, right? So, yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, I don't... I just don't, I don't, their, their profits aren't there anymore though. So I don't, I don't understand the justification to do so anymore when CNN's numbers are way down in the gutter. MSNBC's numbers are way down in the gutter. Like they can't be making a profit. So any, their parent organization is just writing off the corporation. It's just like, all right, we're just bleeding money at this point. It doesn't get views. It doesn't make sustainable money. They only do it purely based on ideological reasons. Oh, absolutely. No, I completely agree. Um, this kind of, you know, I mean, if it's more ideological, I could see that. If it's, it has to do with lobbying. I mean, that's what I also see. You know, a lot of these news organizations probably have some kind of lobbying funding uh, that support yeah. their narrative. So, I mean, you could definitely see that um, that's going on. Um, but what I, want, I want to draw about something. Or something else. Yeah, go. <clears throat> but, I mean, let's see. Let, let's talk about the overall thoughts. You know, mainstream media. We talk about BLM riots and Antifa, and is this such a spun narrative, right? About how one side is pepper, perpetuating all these things, and the other side's not doing anything. And I think we have to revise what BLM really means. And since they're getting funding from these organizations, are they actually doing it out of civil rights? Because it doesn't seem like it. And if they're, you know, doing all these riots and stuff, we have to really look into that, you know, in our organizations. And as conservatives, I think we have to in particular look at that. And because I think it's going to continue to happen and take place. I mean, we see in the 70s the stuff with like Black Panther and stuff. I mean, this has always been cause, but it seems like nowadays we're so even more and more divided. Because, you know, Black Panther, it was just a radical small group. Now it seems like it's reaching more and more young people and Americans. And, you know, there's something I wanted to drop on. But, like, the people who, you know, talk more about, it's like, says, says you're a racist not, are generally, you know, white women, right? You know, like, what comedians that, like, Bill Burr say. I mean, it was such a funny skit. He's, like, talking about, like, who are the people who make a really big deal about race or, like, whatever, what you say. 
political correctness. It's white women, right? <laughs> what do you think about that, Cooper? It's like it's not even black people. It's not even minorities. You think that it's white women, but yeah, it's it's, and this is a problem with when you got too much time on your hands. I think I think that the white woman analogy is like, uh, if you got too much time on your hands, what do you do? You meddle in someone else's business. That's the same instance with these um, privileged white kids too. They got nothing else better to do in their time, so might as well play revolution and think that they're fighting for some some legitimate cause. Um, and then it also gives them fun to smash windows and light things on fire. I mean, that's fun. Yeah. I mean, that's what you see. Like, if, if we're going to have an overall, you know, conclusion of what Antifa is, they're not, they don't care about, you know, police brutality or anything in that matter or being anti-racist. They're bored about their lives and they want to invent something <laughs> they could do. So they, you know, they burn uh, cars down or they try to attack police, tra- uh, police training facilities. It's just like, all right, well, well, it's something to do on a Saturday night, right? Right. And maybe you get a free TV out of it, too. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like they're Rodney King Red. But that, no, that's, that's something else. I don't know. Dave Chappelle said something about that where they were in the riots and they're like seeing people just like, it's like they're talking about like some protests or running riots. It's like, oh, we, now we could just steal some TVs from a department store. Let's just go and get them. But yeah, it just shows the, the society is and how media, like, it, but really what it's showing is like, you know, these dumb behaviors of use, right? Which it really is. These people who have no experience in anything else. So they, you know, have these, they subscribe to these radical ideologies, which at most likely at 40, they're going to be like, oh, why did I do this shit? But you know what I'm talking about? But like at that point, they're thinking, and you know, it's in the news and media outlets, CNN, MSBC, they're just spinning it like oh yeah these are social justice uh protests activists right to people right activists social activists yeah they're exactly like martin luther king you're right mm-hmm. but what it really is i mean that's what it really is yeah it's it's what you can do what the what we can do is these people that commit crimes have to receive punishment there's too many instances where Antifa members get arrested and they're out the same day and then they go commit another act of violence and they get throw another Molotov cocktail to cop car. Um, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. The fact that, um, that politicians are getting in the way of, of, of decriminalizing Antifa specifically, right? If this was, if this was anyone else, I mean, you're locking the door and you're throwing away the key, right? We see this with the January 6th people, that these these people that commit very little minor property damage, right? That can be debated, like, you know, you, can, you can be very nuanced about their approach, but there was some property damage that occurred there. Some people have been in solitary confinement for years right. because of that, because of that. But then we see people that literally burn down police precincts and they're out within a couple days only to do it all over again. You see these people coming up multiple times, getting arrested multiple times with the same crimes. Because as soon as they get released, they go right back to doing the same thing. Oh, Cooper, they attacked the Capitol. What <laughs> it really is, they left the doors in, but that's a different story. Yeah. They also they left also burned down the church from across the street too, by the way. So 
Yeah, see, and, and yeah, so that's what that's what it is. It, it really is. No, we're gonna end on this because we have very limited time. But it really is. It depends what you are, and it's the politicization of you know media, Department of Justice. I mean, all these things come into account why you know one organization is deemed as being volatile for society, one is not. It, it mm-hmm. doesn't really have to do with actual justice, and I think that's a problem with American society as of now. And as conservatives, we should try to fix that, right? So mm-hmm. we have to really look into that and the causes of that in January 6th. And we'll hopefully, you know, with new Congress, they can investigate that more, but we'll see if they actually do. Um, we'll see how that works. See how that works. But, you know, it was great talking to you, Cooper. Mm-hmm. Always a pleasure. I think we had a very important conversation today and very impactful. Mm-hmm. So. I'm glad to see your hat did not rot your brain too much. That you're still sharp as always, always bringing up the foreign uh, examples. You got a weird thing with China, I know. So. Yeah. <laughs> I do. But yeah, I was talking to you, Cooper, and more. Maybe this hat gave me more brain, actually. But yeah. We'll see. We'll see, we'll, we'll see in the future. <laughs> we'll see in the future. Yeah, great talking to you, Cooper. Always a pleasure. Have a great rest of your day. Yeah, you too.